Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 I'm back in a black. <laughs> Do you know what I, I listened to this podcast? Hi, guys. It's Mandy and Tiffany. And Tiffany. And we are Brown Ambition. Ambition. Um, I was listening to this because I, I, I decided that it's been, you know, I'm such a Broadway nerd and I don't listen to any Broadway podcasts and I've been meaning to sign up for some. And I found, I follow broadwayblack.com, which, mm-hmm. is, which is basically a blog that was started to highlight, um, you know, all 12 women people of color on in, in Broadway which Did highlight still um Cynthia Irvio um, oh yeah 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 I mean this was start broadwayblack.com was started years like a few years ago I want to say um at least I started following it a couple of years ago the whole but the, the beauty of it is that Broadway has changed so much like it is so much more diverse now there's not just 12 people anymore there's like entire shows I saw a play last week with a black Joan of Arc Condola mm. Rashad Felicia Rashad's daughter um played Joan of Arc and it was it was amazing and it wasn't like the hip hop version of Joan of Arc you know what i mean it was like a, yes, like, it was it just was a story pie. yeah she yes. just she just happened to be black <laughs> Don't you just hate those commercials when they're like, buy Ford. You're like, um, you know, you could just say, you know, this is a great car. You don't, you don't have to hip hip hop size it for black folks. We like all other types of music. All of it. Uh, She was phenomenal. So Broadway is just becoming so, it's just such a, you know, there's the same theater that um, premiered this Joan of Arc, or it's called St. Joan, starring Condola. Um, Rashad, the same theater is doing a play this summer, which I couldn't even get tickets to because it's already sold out, um, called, oh crap, oh, Sugar in My Wounds, that takes place in the age of slavery between slaves who are gay. So an actual, like, can you imagine this play getting made like five years ago? It's, it's amazing. So theater is just like, is so, I mean, after not just, I don't want to just credit Hamilton for it, but it just feels like in the years that I've lived here, the past eight or nine years, going to see Broadway shows, something has changed the past few years. Like I've never had so many options for, um, to go see shows that are written by, performed by, um, people of color. And it is freaking fantastic. So happy. So I did something today. It was not cheap, but it was my first time doing it. I said, let me try. I got, let me know if you, I don't, well, Mandy, you have long lashes, I feel like. I've got semi-permanent lashes for the first time, and it was expensive, but I wanted to try it, and because my, the girl who does my makeup for events said, if you have three or more events in a row, you should just do it, because in the long run, it's, it's less money. So not something I would do, like, to keep up with, but I have, like, four events in the next, like, week and a half. And so I said, let me try it. And I was what like, is what? this? Lash, like a lash extension? Yeah. 
Would they yeah. sell weave for your eyelashes? Yeah, they act, well, you know how like you you've seen like that you know like there's actually like lashes that you could put on for the day. Yeah, Those yeah, are, yeah, yeah. No, but they actually have ones that they attach to your eyelash, and they last for about two weeks or so. Like sew ons. No, it's literally it's time consuming. Actually, I was like, wow, women are dedicated. Oh, it's like one literally one hair attached to one of your lashes, and another hair attached to another. It actually looks so natural that like I came home. And I said, hey, Superman, like, you know, blinking profusely. See anything different? See anything different? And he's like, uh, literally looking at me from toe to, toe to head. Uh, your eyebrows are done? I'm like, sir, no. I was like, my lashes. And he looked, he was like, oh, yeah. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Because <laughs> I told her I didn't want them to look, I wanted them to look natural. And, you know, men no, never notice anything, but they, he would know if they looked crazy. So I didn't want them to look crazy, but I at least wanted them to look like I had lashes because I have none. But it was so expensive, Mandy. They were $90, $90? Someone told me that that's actually not that expensive for a full set, but whatever. Wow. I'm like, yes. And then to fill them in. So let's just say I wanted to keep them, like, you know, keep it going. Mm-hmm. To fill them in every two or three weeks, it's like 40 bucks. I'm like, I'm not that committed. But if, if anybody's familiar with Lamb Chops Play Along, are you familiar, Mandy? I know you're uh, Yeah. I can't start it because it'll never end. Exactly. So that little puppet had like this super. First of all, why would you say you got something natural? And then you're like, you know, lamb chop the puppet because instantly what I see is she had like four thick, dark eyelashes on her. I'm like, I didn't get those. Um, But it took what she did tell me, which I knew is that my lashes are extremely. Hold on. No, I'm sorry. That's your example of like. <laughs> Overdone eyelashes, you yes, know, lamb chop. Those- not RuPaul, not no. Wendy Williams. <laughs> lamb chop. All right, I'm with you. I'm on the journey. No way. So I was like really afraid that it was gonna look because everybody knows me. Then they're like, I'm, you know, I I'm slightly like a tomboy. So you know, off off stage or whatever, or I'm not. I don't typically wear makeup. I usually like a lips, a lip gloss, and a mascara is more than enough. And so I was like, I don't want to look like you know basically a lamb chop of lamb chops play along and so i think i i think i mean and you girls who get lashes let me know but i think they kind of typically are about 150 dollars. i think so i felt like it was a pretty good deal um well that's not bad i mean i my guilty pleasure speaking of group not a guilty pleasure it's just like well that's my this is the way my body is it just likes to grow hair in places where i do not want it so <laughs> what i did i've been doing laser hair removal which was always so expensive i never thought i could afford it but you can get really good deals on groupon for laser hair removal packages like for 100 bucks you'll get six treatments um the only catch is that they only usually offer those deals to new customers in a city like New York, there's literally a like a place I can get laser hair removal on every corner, so it's not hard for me to find new deals and go, you know, bop around from place to place. I probably do it once a year. I'll do like okay. six sessions. I'll be good for the year. I mean, but the thing is, um, you'll do your six sessions or whatever, but it's really hard to permanently stop hair growth. So real talk, ladies, we're all friends here, right? Um, so it's, you know, it's like an investment that I make in my, I put in myself like once a year to make my, to make me happy and, you know, not self-conscious about little Fred and Ginger on my chin. That's all. How much does it cost typically? Um, God, like the actual sticker price for a treatment. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'll have to look it up. It can be several thousand dollars because each what? treatment, yeah, because each treatment is like a few hundred dollars, if not more. It depends on where you're getting it. If you're going to get your entire leg done because you need to have it, like I said, at least, uh, 
four to six sessions, they say, sometimes eight sessions. Um, per session, you're paying a few hundred bucks. So like for a large area, um, for like a small chin area, then there's like the medium chin area, then the whole neck. And then there's like, you know, the bikini area. I've never done that. I, ain't, I don't have a death wish. Um, mm-hmm. there's, all, there's all different um, grades of it. So that's why those, those Groupon deals are... are yeah clutch yeah i can imagine you know that i don't know i just feel like um i don't know i feel like Igbos or nigerians i don't know we don't i don't we don't, you don't have very any much hair, hair do you see neither does any of my african roommates and <laughs> yeah, i hated I them they were Ghanaian, I mean, kenyan oh for real i don't know what it, i'm like when i say like i could probably go the whole summer and not maybe i'm i might if i really really wanted to i guess i could shave my leg but you wouldn't the difference is you can't even see so that's what, the, but the problem with that is that because of that, that also meant I didn't have long lashes. So it's like, eh, you know, so my, my lack of hair, like really kind of like goes all the way up to like my eyelashes and, you know, so, I mean, I guess, you know, you, you win some, you lose some. What, what'd you say? I don't think that's a fair, I mean, like I'd rather not have long lashes <laughs> than have to go have someone shoot a laser at my face every year. <laughs> so... Because that's True. what it is, y'all. I'm not going to lie. Just imagine someone taking a rubber band, like your little brother taking a rubber band and just smacking you in the face for 15 minutes straight. Um, but, you know, it's worth it for <laughs> for society to, like, think I I'm know, feminine, right? you know. Right, like, sitting and getting my eyelashes done where nobody can even notice. My husband was, I mean, legit was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, you have to tell me something. What, what, what is it? And I was like, I don't know how I feel about not looking different. <laughs> For $99. I thought I, I should be looking like, I don't know, like for $99, I feel like I, it should be a transformation. And I'm like, well, you know. But you have but, to do it for your, see, this is what you got to do for you on the inside to make you happy. Because if you're doing it for the man who's never going to notice, that's why I stopped buying lingerie. Oh, that's well, that's true. Some men are into it. Some men are not. I learned early on it's a bad investment for some people. Just make yeah. them a sandwich, a nice, sexy grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> Now that is a very cheap turn on. <laughs> right? Like, are you hungry? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's true. Some guys are just not, you know, like, and I'm telling you, lingerie is not cheap. That's another, like, total ripoff. I don't know where these companies are getting off charging so much money for, like, I went to a, um, I had to buy lingerie for a bachelorette recently, like, where you do, um, like at my bachelorette, for example, they, uh, they all gave you like lingerie and then you had to guess based on how trashy it was, like who gave it to you, you know? Shout that. out to Jess for giving me a, um edible candy necklace G-string. I have never used that. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I couldn't – but when I went myself to go shopping, I couldn't believe like the actual cost of like a little like, you know, negligee or whatever that you're – probably going to wear for like five seconds it's 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 insane i think it's like what someone needs to disrupt the lingerie is there like a lingerie box yeah it's called it's called joyce leslie (laughs) rainbow (laughs) like those you know like the little plastic like the little cheapy um um like stores that used to go to when you were in college and didn't have much money i'm like like, forever 21 like rue 21 yeah that kind of thing i was like that's i mean when i was like in my 20s yep i used to go there be like huh this has lace in it. The five I, for five thongs yeah, from Rue 21. Yes. 15-year-old Mandy was really into that. I know. Oh, my God. No, but I totally agree. That some, to me, I believe in the save splurge method of, you know, you save, you do what you're supposed to do. But then because, you know, you're a good steward of your money, that when <laughs> it's time to kind of splurge, that you splurge without guilt. So I save for my splurges, basically. 
Yes, as long. But again, like if you're doing it for yourself and you feel good, then yes, do it. That's yeah. that's that's why I get my. Because you know what, I love getting my hair lasered off. It is so self satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> what else happened this week? Did you, oh, shout out to um, my one of my credit card writers. She pointed out that the Supreme Court this week passed. Um, uh, basically struck down this long-standing federal law that made it illegal to bet across the country, like in all the oh, states. Yes, New Jersey on, was pushing for that. On and sports, I, I saw, sorry, on sports specifically, sports betting. Yeah, yeah so it was, a, it was a New Jersey case um, yeah. that went to the Supreme Court. So shout out to Chris Christie, the last, one of his last, I don't Who? know. Who? <laughs> don't know him. The only Chris we recognize is, is um, uh, um, Pratt. Wallace. <laughs> no? Okay. No. I mean, I recognize him. He's cute. Anyway, so this means that you can, it doesn't mean, it does not mean that, okay, now it is totally, the Supreme Court struck down this federal law that basically made it illegal to bet on sports um, anywhere but Las Vegas. But it doesn't mean that now you can just bet on sports wherever you are across the country. What the Supreme Court's ruling basically said was that it's not up to the government, the federal government, to decide what states yeah. should do. So it's kicked back to the states to make a call. So check your state rules. I'm pretty sure this means in New Jersey. Yeah, um, because they were pushing for it specifically. And bet. all of these betting companies were getting ready. I, I saw it on the news, like maybe like, I don't know, a few days ago. So they were holding their breath, hoping that it would be a go. And I guess it is. Go Jersey, I guess. I mean, more destroyed families. I don't know. I don't have the stomach for betting. I get stressed. Lottery tickets, I can't. Ugh. Um, I feel like I, I get stressed if I win and I get stressed if I lose. Because <laughs> if I win, I'm like, wait, I could win again. Wait, no. Okay, wait. No, wait. So, yeah, I'm not. Once I do my, once I get one winning, I remember a woman when I used to teach preschool, one of the teachers were like, do you want a scratch off? I was like, no. She's like, I'll get you one. I said, okay. It was a dollar and I won two, two dollars. And then the next day she said, do you want to get a scratch off? I said, I'll give you the two dollars from yesterday. And for like a week straight, she went every day. I won. I kept re-winning just two dollars. And then by the end, I was like, just give me my, then I think like the last day, um, I, I, you know, she was, it didn't win anything. So I was like, well, there you go. That, and that my friends is how the lottery works. <laughs> I think of how much my father, like my father's like part, back to my dad again, God, I really need to like, he needs to be on the show someday, but the amount of money he had stuffed into the side door of his Acura when I was a kid, just stuffed like old lottery tickets, a lot like scratch offs, like all the money he just like shoved into his, you know, the inner console of his car over the years. I mean, probably amounted to like hundred thousands of dollars. It has to. He spent so much mm. money on this crap. But he's still, you know, one day, one day, and maybe I'll like bite my, you know, eat my words one day. But um, anyway, good for some people. Thank you for p uh, playing the lottery because it does pay for like school scholarships. So mm. yeah. Thank you, Georgia citizens for putting me through school, getting my tuition paid with the hope scholarship. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, no, I was going to say, so I don't know if you guys like, you know, buy socks, but so I got, I had the, you know, did you, I think it was you that I, when I got the Robin hood app, was that like a couple years ago when you were like, Hey, it's free trades. I feel like it was you. <laughs> A couple of years ago. It was probably like three weeks ago when we talked about Robin Hood on the podcast. Yeah. Right, probably. And so I, I really enjoy the app. But um, what I'm excited is because I bought a stock, which I'm not going to say the name of because you guys are going to rush and be like, oh my God, it went down and now I'm broke. But I bought a stock. The IPO was like, mm, which is the initial public offering when the stock first goes live, was maybe like a week or so ago. It opened at $29 and now it's at $45. I'm like, woohoo. Nice. So I'm, I'm feeling rich. How many? Rich. Well, I guess you won't share how many shares you bought. 
Um, no, I don't mind. I bought 24 shares, honestly, because it, it's a stock of something that I use all the time. And I'm seeing the shift to like every company that I interact with using this. And I was like, uh, this is a no brainer. Cause my sister who's really into stocks kind of like emailed all the sisters and she's like, Hey, the stock is coming up. You guys should watch. I've been watching and waiting to see like what's going to happen. She's like, it's opening at $29, but I feel like it's going to do much better. And sure enough, it's like, you know, it's doing great, honestly. And so I feel like, you know, I feel rich. <laughs> yeah, my husband really wants to buy Spotify when it goes public or no, is it Sonos, Spotify, Sonos, one of those. It's going public. Um, I actually bought my first stock on Robinhood too. This is not a plug for Robinhood. It's just it's free trade, so why not? I yeah. forgot I had like a hundred bucks on there, so I was like, "What can I get for a hundred bucks?" And I realized whenever I go to Charlotte, I eat at the same restaurant, this really delicious fast food restaurant. I mean, not fat; it's like fast casual, but it's really healthy. The food is so good, and I'm like, "Man, why isn't there one in New York City?" So I started researching it, and I realized it's actually a, it's like a regional train. Uh, chain in the southeast and it's a publicly traded company so i ended up just buying the shares weren't that expensive it was like how much was it per share like 13 dollars a share when i first bought it and i was like i love this food you know maybe it's the next chipotle so i bought like i don't know however many shares you can get for 100 bucks and i i just checked it because you were talking about it and now the shares are 16 dollars let's talk behind the scenes right because we don't we don't give stock advice we don't. No, no. This is literally play money. Like this is a hundred dollars yeah. I forgot about because I don't need it right now. And if I lose it, you know that would suck. But I'm just, I'm just playing around with it. You know, it's fun. I still got my four hundred one k. I know exactly. you still have a million different, you know, accounts. You know, I'm an account queen. But yes, I have my savings accounts, my my retirement account. This is definitely money that I've literally set aside to do this. And my dad is so cute. He's like, cause he, he invests like in this kind of more of a more traditional way. And so when I told him about Robin Hood, he was like, Oh, you know what? Let me do it. And so I went to the house and set him up and my mom up and they each put $300 in. And my dad's like, I'm just going to play around with it. So it's just something fun kind of like outside of like, you know, cause my dad has taken care of their finances. This is just something new and fun. And I'm like, yeah, look at daddy on his cell phone, what? looking at his Robin Hood. You know what? My strategy is maybe, you know, I think what I've, I've sort of, I'm finally investing, but it's like after I have absorbed all of this information for so long, like talking to different investors and like reading different books about the psychology of investing and what goes into it and the whole buy, it's very simple. Like for me, I'm just following the whole Warren Buffett strategy, which is to buy low, sell high. Um, so when I bought that, when I bought that stock last week, um, on the Robinhood app, it's basically it's a red line if it's been going down, and it's green if it's going up. And at the time, it was red. And for me, I'm only like my whole thing is I want to invest in companies when they're low, like when they've kind of had a bad quarter or something. But you realize you do the research and you're seeing, hey, this company has a good future ahead of it, or it's been solid for a long time. Like I look at those opportunities as like, oh, it's a clearance sale. Mm, oh, it's like a one day sale. Let me let me holler at this. So because the the um, the alternative of that whole – the psychology of investing is that, okay, it's the same thing happened in the housing market, right? Everyone's buying a house you know, back in, during, in, this, in the subprime lending crisis. Everyone's buying a house or you know, everyone's buying – let's oh, use Chipotle as an example. Everyone bought Chipotle stock and the stock just – everyone flocked and the stock gets inflated and inflated and inflated. Um, mm-hmm. And then something happens and there has to be some sort of correction. Um, like for example, for Chipotle, the whole E. coli scare, I mean the shares like plummeted and haven't could- recovered – that much since then that I know of. Um, so it's, you know, you have this herd mentality where everyone wants to get on a good deal. That's why it's smart for you not to be like, 
telling everyone what you're investing in because yeah. what if there's a budget Nista effect? It'd be good for you, but yeah. bad, for the t- bad for the twenty, the 200th person to hear this podcast and go buy it because 199 folks have gone and buy it and the shares are now going up in value because there's this, you know, demand all of a sudden and that 200th per- person is buying the stock at a way higher price. And then what if it falls? Exactly. They have more to lose. It's so interesting. True. I'm just... Because I want people to do their own. Re- I always say I'm not trying to be someone's financial guru. I'm your financial girlfriend. And, you know, like your girlfriend's like, oh, you like my hair? Well, girl, you know, there's a YouTube channel. You can learn how to do it. She's not there to be like, come sit in my chair. I'll color your hair for you. So it's like, no, I'm here more so to like share my journey and kind of like to share what's happening. And then for you to take that information, do your due diligence, do the work. You really should not be following anyone blindly. But Jesus, if you're into that. Um, so yeah, that's why I don't share like those particulars, you know, like there might be companies I like that I share, but definitely not like here are my hot stock tips. Cause I'm like, what do I know when it well, comes to stocks? That's, that's, this is a good chance to plug one of our guests that's coming on in a couple of weeks. We're having an actual investment guru. Well, I hate, let's not call, let's not say guru. Um, <laughs> we're having a fantastic guest join us on the May 29th show. Um, her name is uh, Gail Jennings O'Byrne. She may or not, mm-hmm. may or may not share a publicist with someone that we both know. <laughs> um, but she's the founder and CEO of an a, um, organization called Intent Manifesto. And they, they're partnering with J.P. Morgan Chase right now um, to educate people about investing. But Intent Manifesto, um, which Gail runs, is an investment education platform. And it sort of is centered around a new approach to investing um, and trying to uh, very much focus on women of color startups. So helping women of color startups get funding and help them uh, make good investments in their companies. And so we're going to have Gail on the show and hopefully maybe she'll have some investment tips to share, some entrepreneurial awesome. tips to share. Um, if you guys want to look into Intent Manifesto, look into to Gail. Maybe you have some questions around investing or starting your own business and we can ask Gail those on the show. That'd be awesome. Um, go ahead and send us an email at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's time to boost or break, boost or break, boost or break. Mm-mm. It sounds like you really want to go first. Yeah, because people on the internet can be so mean. And I said, you know what? I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna say anything, but I'm like, you know what? I am gonna say anything because we have to do better. So I have like this, it's like, uh, I guess it's on Instagram. It's just a like an Instagram video of like when I was on the reel talking about credit, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, Hey, if you're having trouble with credit, everyone knows that I always do these free literature challenges. It's been like the last four years. So many people have been helped, right? Because ultimately I started the budget needs to, um, to be of service. Right. So 
these videos are great. I never noticed. And then I started looking in the comments and like 99% of people are like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Or, oh my gosh, you really helped me. Or my, I was able to buy a house. Or but then you get like, probably like 1% that are literally telling me, I should read one of the comments, but I'm not. Um, you should, you should budget for braces. Oh or, no. Yes. You this believe, is like when Jimmy Kimmel like, makes celebrities read mean tweets. I don't like yeah, that. You should like, um, I mean, that, I'm not gonna lie. That one made me kind of laugh a little bit, but the <laughs> other ones weren't quite as clever. But honestly, like, so here's the thing: it just really blows my mind that you know, folks feel so free to like be. It's one thing to think something mean, but I feel like it's like a whole nother level to literally type it. One woman, her name was like a, a some Christian centric name, like like um, faithful to the Lord, something like that. And she was just like going in on me and someone, and then, like I said, I don't honestly, there's so many comments. I don't always get to read all of them. And someone was like, how is your name faithful to the Lord? <laughs> 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 very Christian. And she was like, no, I'm just trying to give her some advice so people could take her more seriously and she could be more successful. And they were like, more seriously, ma'am, you're watching her on national TV. I'm, I think she's here. I think she's here. So my break is just like, I mean, it doesn't, that's it, honestly, this is the first time that it's happened. Like the, I think Instagram people feel a little bit more because I don't really get that on Facebook at all. But I think Instagram people feel a little bit more disconnected from like you as a human being. But yeah, well, here's the thing. Like I've always considered I had braces when I was like normal teenager, but I also have this thing called tongue thrust. So it's similar to have to having um, uh, sucking your thumb when you're a kid. But with your thumb, you can pull like a baby's thumb out of their mouth and be like, no, don't suck your thumb. But with tongue thrust, it's the same kind of motion, but it's just your tongue without the thumb. And so it's a soothing mechanism that babies like do, like my little niece has it, but it's very difficult to break the habit because you can't take a tongue out. And so even now to this day at, at 38, like if I'm really stressed, I won't even notice that I'm like sucking my tongue or like if I go to sleep and I can't go to sleep, literally I still will rock myself to sleep doing that because it's something that I do self, uh, subconsciously. And as a result, like it'll push your, 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 your teeth out. There's nothing you can do about it. And even if I were to get braces again, because my, my teeth were completely straight, then the tongue thrust, because your tongue is one of the strongest muscles in your body, over time would migrate the teeth back. I mean, it's none of your business, but I just figured I would share that and say like, you just never know. And thank God, honestly, that I'm in a space because if this would have caught me, I don't know, in my twenties, you know what? This would like, would have really rocked me and been like, oh my God. But instead, like I screenshot and said to Drina, we were howling. <laughs> like, yo, she's so mean. Um, let me do a quick boost. So my boost this week is gonna be for the, the secret binders groups on Facebook. Have you heard of these? You haven't? Oh my God. Tiffany hasn't heard of something. Yay. Um, so let me tell you, do you remember way, way, way back when 2000, was it 2008 or 2004 election when Mitt Romney was a candidate or he was at early, he was like a candidate for the ticket and at a debate, he, um, he had this binder and he was, he was talking about, he was defending something about his stance on women's rights or some, or something about women's health care. And he was like, I've got my binders full of women right here. And he just like, okay. and it was like this iconically stupid moment that, yeah, that, went, that. that went viral. And then it became like this thing, binders full of women, binders full of women. And in response to that, or I don't know, I don't know when it all started, but these Facebook groups started to crop up, binders full of women seeking financial uh, jobs, binders full of women seeking editorial jobs, binders full, binders full of women seeking marketing jobs, all these kind of like 
um, secret Facebook groups where you could, um, based on like a, a, um, like a shared interest, gather together and to share sources, to share job leads, to share all kinds of stuff. And um, there are these specific binders groups that I constantly use to recruit new writers and people for jobs um, at Magnify Money. And it like just this week, I found these three fabulous business writers through the binders full of God, I'm going to mess it up. I use like three different groups. This is binders full of finance and investing writers. And wow. I, there's also binders full of editors seeking freelance writers that I use sometimes. And there's there's all kinds. So if you just go to Facebook and search for binders, if you're looking for a job, or I'm sure there's other types of um, binders groups besides just, you know, job groups, but it's it's really cool. And this is like this is better in a lot of ways than like posting things on LinkedIn or sending out emails to my network because you'll find people that you never would have found um, otherwise by going through these binders groups. I love that. Honestly, I've never, and you know, I'm like pop culture queen. Well, you know, it's between the two of us anyway. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I mean, of course I've heard of binders full of women, but I didn't you know. You think you know more about <laughs> pop culture than me. You just made a little, uh, uh, what you call it, a lamb chop reference <laughs> at the top of this here show. <laughs> So, tis true, tis true. I'll take you on any day. <laughs> we should have a, we should have a, a a pop culture off. Please. Millennial versus uh, um, what am I? Am I Generation X? Is that the one right up right before Millennial X? Yes, your ex. You know, Pepsi, meanwhile, Pepsi look, generation. I'm talking about pop culture, and I'm like, wait, what see <laughs> again, contradicting yourself. <laughs> tis true, tis true. All right, I'm gonna dial it all back. Okay. No, that's honestly, I think that's awesome. I love when. Um, one thing I really do, I mean, although Facebook, sometimes you're just like, oh, Facebook, I just love that people are able to gather around specific topics and, and really help each other. There's so many dope, amazing, uh, Facebook groups that I'm a part of, like, I'm literally a part of a 4C group. So you know how like hair is like, yeah, you know? And so like mine is like super, super, super tight, tight, tight curls, like wild kind of like ringlets. And so I guess it's considered 4C. And so I'm a part of a group about how best to take care of that kind of hair. I'm also a part of a sister locks group because that's the kind of locks I have and a travel group and a black travel group and a black women's travel group. Um, so yeah, Facebook groups um, that kind of hone in on specific things and um, allow you to gather around that thing, you know, and I may or may not have joined that beard gang just for a moment, just to get my giggle on. Um, but I'm out now. <laughs> okay. You got your fix. <laughs> yeah. questions do we get any good questions this week got some great questions this week you guys if you want to send us some questions you can hit us up at brownambitionpodcast.com um, awesome. no at gmail well first i was going to say the website and then oh. i was going to say the <laughs> gmail address thank true, you for reminding true. me <laughs> so if you want to skip ahead and to get directly to us you can email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com so there's two ways to reach us or hit us up on Facebook or Instagram, anywhere else. Um, I do read all of your questions and I like to pick ones we haven't answered before. So if you have any interesting questions you haven't heard answered on the show before, send them on in. You never know. I love looking for questions that I think our listeners haven't heard from before. So without further ado, I'd like to take a question and do let me know if you prefer to go anonymous or by your name because otherwise I'll just use your name and call you out, put you on blast. <laughs> like I'm about to put my uh, listener Nicole on blast. 
Nicole says, I know both of you ladies recently purchased homes with your husbands. Congrats. What advice would you give to an unmarried couple for purchasing property together? Good idea or bad idea? Would either of you have purchased a home with your significant other if you were not married to them? Thanks. Love the show. (laughs) So my knee-jerk reaction is, oh, hell no. Um... To which question? To buying that, with your to buying with someone you're not married to, or that you would both. you have would you have? Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So because <laughs> I mean, well, here's why. It's just because not to say that marriage is the end all be all because it's not. But like, I mean, once you take away the love part of marriage, at the end of the day, it's literally a contract, and so it's a contract that 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 holds certain protection for both parties, and so buying a home. Um, it's like, that's a major, like, you know, it's probably one of the most expensive thing, top three most expensive things you'll do in your lifetime. So doing so without like a contract, basically, um, you put yourself at risk, you know? Um, and so if you were going to do that, then I would put a contract in place of what happens if um, we're no longer together or don't want this home. So I would enter into it if I was going to buy a home with my, my non-married to significant other with a literal contract in place. Saying those like called, it, aren't those are called tenants in common, I believe. Okay, that's the name of that joint contract. Like if you wanted to buy a property with a sibling or a friend or uh, you know, okay. significant other, that type of arrangement. But not just what would happen if you know you decided to move out or you guys broke up. Also, this just happened to someone that I know recently. Um, she purchased a she her name was on the mortgage. Um, she was living with um, a significant other. They weren't married. And although he was putting money toward um, the mortgage payment while they were together when they broke up, she's the only one on the mortgage, right? So she has to all of a sudden assume that responsibility of basically her mortgage payment doubled overnight. Wow. And she had factored in his income when she got the mortgage and it became very difficult yeah. for her to keep up with it. And meanwhile, he's like, you know, skating away scot-free um, because yeah. his name wasn't on the mortgage. So it can go either way. Like it could be a liability to um, put your, you know, take out a mortgage with someone you're not married to. I mean, it, it's a liability either you're, whether you're married or not, if, you're, if your name's on the mortgage together. Yeah. By the same token, if you're the one living with someone and your name is not on the deed of the house um, and yet you're paying money toward their mortgage payment, then you're not actually – going to be owed anything like if they decide if you break up and they sell the house at a profit although you've been helping them build equity in the home by making mortgage payments they're not going to owe you anything um so i would say if you're if you're gonna do this like do it the right way get that tenants and tenants in common agreement and make sure that you like your name's actually on the deed so that you actually own it like kicking in money you know for the mortgage payment does not mean that you have any right to the home um you know if something if things were to go south later on then I, yeah, I just, it's, it's very, cause even before, um, cause me and Superman were living together before we got married. Um, and so even then we didn't really co-mingle money that much. We had one joint savings account that started off as our vacation account and then was like, then became our, our wedding, um, account. Um, and then because we didn't really have a big old wedding then became our house account, which is what it is right now. Like house, like kind of like when we buy our next property investing account. So, you know, you just have to be mindful that like, because even in marriage, I mean, there's no guarantee when you're, when it comes to money, you want to kind of begin with the end in mind, not when it comes to marriage, but when it comes to money. And so even when it comes to your spouse, so like what would happen if, 
You know, because even with like me and Superman, we, we have a prenuptial agreement, quite honestly, because I had the, well, what would happen if, what does that kind of look like? And it's fair. It's just like, well, yours is yours, mine is mine. And what's ours, we split down the middle. So it's not some huge, you know, thing, but, um, I just wanted to just make sure that he was protected. I was protected. Um, and so, yeah, I would just be careful about it. And if you're going to do it, have a contract in place beforehand. Yeah. Interesting question. Thanks, Nicole. Yeah. Great question. Okay, so next question comes from listener Takia. Takia has a question about Tiffany's jump like Jordan method. Tiffany, what is the jump like Jordan method, first of all, before I read the question? <laughs> so the jump like Jordan method is just a, um, a method that you can use to pay um, off your credit card every month quickly so it can help to raise your credit score quickly. Um, I say jump like Jordan because Jordan used to jump like it just used to look, it looked unreal. And if, if when you pay off a credit card or any really debt in full every single month, like literally if you paid off your mortgage in full every single month, you know, that would be awesome. But obviously most people can't do that, but most people, you know, are, are able to pay off five bucks a month on their credit card. Um, and so doing that, um, not only are you showing, Hey, I can pay off a debt in full. Um, but you're, you're actively using your card so your card doesn't close. But there's something about paying off a debt in full every month. My friend who's a bankruptcy lawyer, this is what she suggested to her um, her clients who just had bankruptcy and they got their first card. Um, she was like, there's something about paying off a debt in full. It didn't matter about the amount. It was more about the habit of paying off a debt in full that really had a, an effect on your score. Um, and so, yeah, it's just it's really critical, though, for the method that you let if you're going to charge your card, say like five bucks and, and automate it. So let's just say the gym and the gym is 10 bucks a month, Planet Fitness. So if you're going to charge your card and or Planet Fitness is going to charge it automatically that you wait to pay it by the statement date, like or basically the date when you actually get your statement, say pay it now, because that means it's been recorded to the credit bureaus. Hey, this card was used and then you pay it off in full. If you pay it off too quickly, it looks like you never had a balance. OK, whoops, because I think it's about adding an authorized user to the card. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's just, I just call that like piggybacking. That's what they call that. So like, this is a my- way to improve your credit score though. Typically is to add yourself as an authorized user. Let me, re- let me read Takia's question okay. real quick though. So Takia said, could, okay. So she's talking about being out- added as an authorized user to boost your credit score. She says, could one person be added as an authorized user on a new credit card that the primary card holder just received? Um, to make the person who's been added as an authorized user's credit score jump, even if it's a new credit card? Um, so typically, the way, the best way that authorized users, like my little sister just texted me, she's like, so what about that authorized user hookup? I'm like, ugh, whatever, girl. So typically, it's in order for it to really work, you want them to inherit good behavior or you want to inherit good behavior, previous good behavior. And so you're wanting a card that's been used. Um, I mean, it's not, it just doesn't make sense otherwise. I mean, yeah, you can add them to a new card and like, or you could be added to a new card and that person is going to pay it off regularly. So it'll look good for you. But if you want to see the biggest impact and it's not a huge impact, but if you want to see the biggest impact, you really want to be added to a card that already has been used and has a good history of usage. Oh, I didn't realize that would be that you would be inheriting their good behavior on that card. Yeah. As well as, oh, I, th- I always thought it was, I mean, I just assumed, I didn't actually research it, but assumed that it was just, you were getting credit for their behavior starting from when you were an authorized user. No, that's what, that's what makes it so great. It's that, you know, and a lot of people use it, but a lot of people use that method, but it's not, if you're looking for a hundred points that way, it's, that's not going to happen. You know, you I, know? another thing about being an authorized user, 
um, is that yes, it can help you boost your credit, but you have to make sure that your credit um, it, that's actually being reported on your credit report because not all credit card companies actually report the um, report credit behavior of authorized users to the bureaus. Um, so just double check that. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's you always want to make sure that whatever the kind of tricks that you're using, but both of those work really well. Honestly, I use a jump, jump like Jordan method when my credit score had went down to a, like 547 after my foreclosure. So one of the things that um, I did was before my credit score went down, like I knew it was going to go down. I was like, mm, you finna get this house foreclosed upon. You're going to lose all these points. Let me get two cards. I had one card that I already had at zero and I got another one. So I did it with two cards and paid them off in full every single month. And it took a little over a year and some change. Um, but I went from the 547 to like a 750, 60 something. And now I'm at a, a, an 802 despite having a foreclosure still on my credit report because it hasn't been 10 years yet. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys for your excellent questions. Always appreciate it. Excellent. Oh, wait, before we, before we leave, we got to look. We forgot our Instagram peeps, right? I didn't, I didn't forget. That's the next segment. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Time for my new part of the new fave part of the show. That's when we shout you guys out and what you share with us via Instagram or Twitter. On Instagram, we are Brown Ambition Podcast. And on Twitter, we are at Brown the BA Podcast. Oh, at the BA Podcast. Look, I'm such a shame. Can you um, guys go find the people who are using these Brown Ambition Twitter and Instagram accounts and not using them at all? Because we need them. Yeah, we do. We deserve them. Anyway, <laughs> so over over the weekend it was Mother's Day. Shout out to moms. So we asked you guys, we posted on Instagram and I asked you guys to share some lessons that your mom has taught you, whether financial or otherwise over the years that have really stuck with you. Um, and I was really warm my little, my little cold heart on the cold, <laughs> rainy Mother's Day weekend in New York to read, to read some of the stuff you guys said. So I'm going to read a couple. Maybe Tiff, you want to read a couple too? Yeah, that would be great. I'm going to read my favorite one. Um, this one is from, oh, maybe I'll. You guys got some weird Instagram names. This one's from Instagrammer at Arbonagem. Okay, I'm going to go with that. Has a Jamaican flag. Okay, hey, Jamaica. (laughs) She says, or he says, quote, who have raw meat seek fire, which I took to mean in all circumstances, work with what I have, seek help or other resources to accomplish my goals. I love that one. Yeah. Who have raw meat, seek fire. It's like if you have the raw materials, you can do anything. Just ask for help. I like um, that. To accomplish your goals. That's a wise mama right there. Yes. So I'll read one. Then maybe you can read another one. So girly locks, girly underscore locks. She said, be kind to people no matter what. Trust God. Don't leave the house without earrings. Girl, you must know Sylvia Aliche. Because (laughs) (laughs) that don't leave the house without earrings, that is her, her... her like gospel. Like if I left the house, you look like a boy. I'm like, how, how do I look like a boy? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I love this. Be kind to others, no matter what, trust God and don't leave the house without your ear. You made my day with that one. (laughs) That's too funny. There was another one like that too. Um, Natural Nihilist said, never leave the house in my PJs. I was 11 when she passed away, but I'm always presentable when I leave home. Oh, I love that one too. Let's do one. Uno mas. See, I know un poquito espanol. 
Um, let's see. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. I like this dine diner. Oh, diaries. Oh, dinero. dinero. You just said oh you God. spoke Spanish. <laughs> oh my God. Yo, dinero diaries. You made a liar out of me. Okay. A liar. <laughs> dinero diaries. Oh my gosh. She said, always have the means to provide for yourself. Protect yourself financially. If you're in a relationship, make sure you're still prioritizing your independence. I love this. I love that too. Yes. Oh my goodness. So if you, you know, we're going to definitely shout you guys out every single um, week. Um, so you can always find us on, on Instagram and leave us a, um, a comment. Of course, follow us Brown ambition podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, the BA podcast. Excellent. You got them all right. I was holding my breath waiting. I was like, and five, four. <laughs> that was a real moment. Okay, lengthy lashes. <laughs> Go on and bat those eyes at the world for $99. You better be just blinking a storm. I mean, honestly, meanwhile, looking exactly the same. But, you know, whatever. We, we live and we learn. <laughs> All, right. All right, listeners. We will see you next week. Until next week. We have a good month of guests coming up. Like I mentioned, we have Gail O. Jennings um, of Intent, Manif Intent Manifesto coming on. We have Tanya, my fab finance Rapley coming on the show to talk about her new book, which is really exciting. Um, old friends of how we not had Tanya on the show in three years. I don't even know. I know. That's going to be a fun show in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned, you guys. And thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Adios. You know that much, right? <laughs> I'm just teasing. I know. It's okay. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.